Greetings and welcome to The Well. I'm your host, Sean Barkley. As always, so glad to have you along for the next 10 or 15 minutes as we think about issues related to life and faith, and we call our podcast The Well because in biblical days, the well was a place where people met, and they would have deep conversations about life and faith. It was a place where they got life-sustaining water, and so we call this podcast The Well because hopefully it's a place where we can have these kinds of conversations and even drink of the living water as we talk about life in Christ. This past week I was reading an article about smoking a brisket, which I love to do. I can't wait for that season to start. And below that was an article written by a woman who's a mom, and she was confessing that she has to hide healthy food in order for her children to eat it or kind of disguise healthy food, if you know what I mean. And so she said, for example, if she wants them to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, she has to put the PB and J in between waffles, and they will eat a peanut butter and jelly waffle. She can't get them to eat fruit, but she makes a fruit wand, and they can wave the fruit wand around like Harry Potter characters, and then they can take a bite of a pineapple chunk or something. She said that they will not eat beets or things like that, but she will make a red beet and white bean hummus, and they'll eat that because they think it's cool looking. And I was Thinking about my own childhood, I can't imagine my parents disguising healthy food in order for me to eat. They would basically have said, you know, eat it or go hungry, and eventually they knew I would. But I can see where that probably is necessary. My own son is still in his 20s and early 20s, and we got to eat, and I'll say, you know, have a steak, have, you know, a salmon Caesar salad, and he goes for the old fried chicken tenders and french fries with an extra side of ranch dressing. And so I, I get it. But as I was reading that article, I was thinking about our Father in Heaven. Just as our earthly parents want us to be well and to flourish, and sometimes they have to even disguise what's going to make us well and make us flourish, how much more does our Father in Heaven want us to be well and want us to flourish? And here's what I wonder. Are we willing to receive that? Just as these children don't want to receive what's going to be nutritious and make them well, do we as children of the Father have trouble accepting His provision for us because we think that our way is the best way? You know, we've been talking on these podcasts about being justified by Christ. In other words, in Christ, God looks at us and sees us as clean and guiltless, even though we're not. But, it, but He gives that to us in the life of Christ. And we can't earn God's favor. We can't earn God's love by anything we do. Recently, I learned that the average American breaks, guess how many laws per day? How many laws do you think the average American breaks per day? Most of them, most of us unknowingly so. Try 300 plus every day. We just break them. There are so many laws. That's the way it was in the Old Testament. There were so many laws, so many rules, they could not possibly keep them. And so it basically set them up to fail. And faith became the only way to have a relationship with God, and we have that faith in Christ. And so we've been looking at the book of Galatians, Paul's letter to the churches in that part of the, in that part of the world, and I want to read a, a passage from Galatians chapter 3. If you have your Bible, it's verse 1. Paul writes, You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, who fooled you? Who made you think that Fulfilling all the rules and the do's and the don'ts is the way to have a relationship with God. No, the way to have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ 
and Christ crucified. What he noticed in, those, in the lives of those people in that early church was that they thought that they could grow and mature themselves rather than rely on God to grow and mature them. They were discontent with the power and strength of God. They did not think God had that ability to help them. And that's been something that's been a part of the human condition forever. I mean, you go all the way back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. I mean, Adam and Eve are tempted by the serpent, that animal representation of Satan. And Satan says to them, did God really say? In other words, is God really able? Is this really what God has communicated to you? He placed doubt in their hearts about the faithfulness of God and God's ability and power to provide for them. Did God really say? And that's kind of what Paul's saying to these Galatian Christians. You know, can God really do this? Can God really make you right in his own eyes? Or is that really something you need to work out on your own? So here's a question for you. When you're facing a challenge or a decision or even a temptation, do you find yourself saying, hey, I can handle this. I can do this on my own. I can do it with my own power, my own intellect, through my own strategy. Do you ever do that? What Paul says to the Galatians is that the same power that made you right in the eyes of God will also enable you to flourish in life, to reach that sense of wellness, that sense of wholeness and completeness, to flourish. And, and then Paul gives an example for inspiration. Just any, any good communicator gives illustrations. He talks about Abraham, verse 6 of chapter 3. Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited, credited, easy for me to say, to him as righteousness. And we need to look at that. Because notice he says he believed God, not he believed in God. You see, 400 years before the law of Moses was given by God, God revealed himself to a man named Abraham and promised Abraham, you will have a multitude of descendants. You will be a key figure in my new project to choose a group of people through whom I'm going to bless the entire world. Well, here's the hitch. Abraham and his wife were both in their 90s. But we're told in God's word that Abraham believed what God promised, believed God would deliver, and therefore he had faith. And God, of course, did deliver the word for God in the Old Testament in this passage is Jehovah, which means the Lord provides. Abraham believed God. He didn't just believe in the existence of God. He actually believed God. And you see what, he, what we see here in this passage is that after he believed God, believed what God said, believed God was trustworthy, believed God was able, believed God was faithful, two things happened. One, he was declared right with God. I mean, in the Greek, it means to be counted as. You know, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And the other thing is that Abraham was given the ability to have children, even though, again, he was in his 90s. He received power to accomplish God's plan for him to flourish. And this has prompted me to wonder this very important thing. Consider this question with me. Do I simply believe in God or do I believe God. Do you see the difference there? To believe in God is just to believe that God exists. I mean, in the New Testament. In fact, let me just comb right ahead in my Bible to James chapter 2, verse 19. Here's what James writes. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. 
In other words, it's just not the same thing to believe in God as it is to believe God. Because when we believe God, we're believing that God is able. We are believing in God's promises. And so what about you? Do you believe in God? Yeah, there's a God. Or do you believe God when God says, I am making this promise to bless you and to flourish you and to use you and to make your life rich and full and joyful and peaceful? You know, what Paul's saying is that, that your doctrine and my doctrine, the things that we believe, should align with our experience. If you truly believe in God, you will also believe God. I was talking to one of our musicians at the church where I work, which is Crestview Church in Greater Cincinnati. Crestviewchurch.com if you want to look us up. And this musician was talking about the difference between a person who sings all the right notes and a person who actually makes music when he or she sings. And he basically goes on to say, you can tell when a musician is really connecting with the music and feeling the music, or if that person is just technically sound and not making mistakes. And I think there's a difference there. And that, in many ways, is the difference between believing in God, yeah, technically I'm sound, I'm doing all the right things, and believing God, actually having an experience of feeling God's power and feeling God at work. You see, that same spiritual power that was available to Abraham is also available to you. The power to flourish, the power to live the life God wants you to live, the power to have an adventure of faith, find opportunities to serve, impact people's lives, find joy and meaning and perspective. It all grows by God's grace. And what we are taught here in God's Word is to rest in that truth, to turn to God to grow us. Not just to say, it's one thing that you had the power to save me from my sins, now I can handle it from here, but no, to say, actually, I'm going to rely on your Spirit to grow me. I was a lifeguard when I was younger, and um, I remember teaching children to swim. And it was Interesting to see that some children kind of got it and some didn't. I mean, it's just isn't that the case with everything in life? Some children would literally fight the water and they would thrash and do everything they could do to stay afloat. And of course, the harder they fought against the water to stay afloat, the more exhausted they would become and the less they were able to swim. But there were others who understood, let the water hold you up, let the water support you, and you cooperate with the water. And in doing so, they enjoyed a good swim, they learned how to swim, and also they didn't exhaust themselves. Do you believe what God is promising you? You know, what do you believe? Let me say that again. What do you believe God is promising you? What is God asking you to believe in your life? Abraham and Sarah? Uh, their faith was expressed by acting on what they believed about God and they had a family. Let me give you some thoughts about general promises that God has made to us and see if you believe God when he says these things. One promise is God created us with intentionality and with purpose. Do you believe that? God loves you and me unconditionally. That's what he tells us. That's what he promises. In Christ, God redeems us and will live inside of us and we will live with him eternally. Do you believe that? God has a plan for your flourishing in life. Do you believe that? God is always with us and provides all we need to experience his flourishing 
Do you believe that? There's a difference between just believing in the existence of God and believing what God says. And so I start looking at the New Testament and thinking, well, God, what are some of the promises that you make specifically? And I'll, I'll share a couple of them with you. One promise God says is, if you seek me first and my righteousness, seek the kingdom of God, all these other things you worry about will be added unto you. And I have to ask myself, do I really trust God that if I seek him, his kingdom work, if I allow him to make me right in his eyes, everything else is going to be added to me, all those little things I worry about all the time. Do I believe that? Another thing that God says, in the, in the, this time in the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, God says, you give me your first tenth, you give me your tithe, and I will open the storehouse of heaven to you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there's a corresponding financial gain if we give our 10%, but we will be blessed by God with spiritual blessings. And I have to ask myself, do I believe that? Or do I think, you know, if I just withhold this, keep this money, invest it the way I think I should, then everything's going to be okay. There is a difference between just believing in the existence of God and believing God. And so some food for thought today. Do you believe the promises of God? Again, God created you with intentionality and with purpose. Do you believe that God loves you unconditionally? Do you believe God when he says, in Christ you are redeemed and you'll live with me eternally? Do you and I believe God when God says, I have a plan for your flourishing? Do we believe God when he says, I will always be with you and I will provide you with everything you need to experience flourishing in life? There is a big difference between just believing in God and believing God. And I wonder how many of us are like those children whose parents have to disguise what is best for them in order for them to receive it. God wants you and I to receive what is best for you and me in his son. Have an awesome day. Bye now.